Kit, where I talk about taboo topics that aren't heavily talked about in Malaysia. My name is Rin, and let's get on it. So, um, I think this might be a long podcast because today I do want to talk to you about a very heavy and kind of terrifying topic, which is about me being a murtad. Yeah, that's quite difficult to admit because I've always kept it to myself and it's frightening to even say it out loud. Um, First, let me explain to you what a murtad is. Basically, a murtad is a person who has left Islam and that's the label that unfortunately you're bestowed upon and I am that. I am a murtad. Um, I don't believe in any organized religions. However, I am a spiritual uh, agnostic who believes that there are bigger things in life, but obviously don't know what those big things are. Um, If you don't really know, being a murtad is, in the eyes of Islam, a major sin. Um, I grew up in an environment where learning about being a Muslim person is supposed to be the way of life. Um, Even without any proper education about the religion, you're supposed to just have faith and believe that some man in the sky created all of these things and all the rules that you're supposed to follow and one day you'll enter an afterlife of paradise if you follow all of these rules. And to be fair, I call BS. Uh, Duh. I mean, like, after growing up studying and just basically making my own opinions and living through this, I've come to realize that I am not. uh, I'm not a Muslim. Um, Now, the reason that I want to talk to you about being a murtad today is because uh, when I'm in Malaysia, I can't actually openly talk about the fact that I have left this religion. Uh, It's quite dangerous to do so. So I'm going to use this platform to talk about it. Um, Let me put you... uh, Sorry, let me give you some context, okay? Uh, When you're a Malay Malaysian, like myself, you are born into Islam. You're born into this religion. You don't have a choice. You are legally a Muslim. And if you actually check my identification card, uh, you will see the words Islam on my card stating that legally I am a Muslim. And this hurts me a lot because this does not define my identity. This religion is not me. And I hate it when people realize that I am a Malay uh, Malay Malaysian and that they immediately pass a preconception of me based on this. And I honestly much prefer being mistaken as a foreigner in Malaysia because at least I can live without mentally straining myself thinking of the repercussions of like getting caught eating pork or having tattoos or wearing shorts or even having bright colored hair. That's all me. And I sometimes feel very nervous to even step outside to live my life because of all of these things. And it sucks. It sucks, okay? And I'm pretty sure that there are plenty of other murtads in Malaysia too who are on the same boat as me and can't speak out due to the fear of punishment. Like, for real, punishments. <laughs> uh, let me uh, let me read you some paragraphs from this article by the Malay Mail Online 
called The Path to Leave Islam is Simple but Not Far from Easy. Uh, this was written in July 12, 2017, so just last year. Uh, it's about an Indian woman, an Indian Malaysian woman, who was having a Hindu wedding, but it was disrupted by quote-unquote Selangor Islamic officials who insisted that she was Muslim. And they disrupted her wedding and wouldn't allow her to get married because it would mean that she would convert out of Islam into Hinduism. And here are some parts from the article. I'll read it to you. Like many Malaysians who dispute their official identities as Muslims, she was told to go to the Sharia courts in order to remove the status from her official documents. Despite being the standard response in such instances, little is known of the procedure and the potential dangers, like detention, fines, jail, whipping, and even a theoretical death sentence that one might face in such applications. So they're saying like, oh yeah, you can, you can apply to legally leave the religion, but if it gets through, uh, you might get punished, haha. You know, like there's really no choice, to be honest. Um, I'll read you another part of the article which explains the severity of the situation. Uh, attempted apostasy, a catch-22 scenario. Successful applicants may find their victory in the courts bittersweet. According to JKSM, five states in Malaysia have laws that prohibit apostasy or attempted apostasy. For Sabah and Kelantan, those found guilty of attempted apostasy will be detained in Islamic rehabilitation centers until they repent up up no repent or for up to 36 months while those in Malacca would face up to 6 months of detention in such centers those convicted of apostasy in Pera may be fined up to 3000 ringgit jailed for as long as 2 years or both and in Pahang this is 5000 ringgit or 3 years along with as many as 6 slashes of the cane or a combination of any of these 3 penalties according to SIS uh, Kelantan technically has a death penalty for apostasy but this falls under the 1993 hudud penal uh, penal code that it cannot yet enforce due to conflicts with federal law. Under Terengganu's 2002 Islamic criminal laws, which it also cannot enforce now, any Muslim who fails to repent within three days upon conviction of apostasy will also be sentenced to death. JKSM said that uh, Shar Sharia chief, Sharia, I think it's Sharia chief, a prosecutor has the absolute right, according to the law, to initiate criminal proceedings for apostasy or attempted apostasy against those who seek the Sharia court's declaration of change of religious status. But it also uh, said it had no records of the state's Sharia chief pros uh, prosecutor doing so. Of course, uh, this is a quote. Of course, it is quite an anomaly if you give an opportunity for a person to file an application which is tantamount to percubaan murtad, which means attempted apostasy, and at the same time, you make it an offense. That is the reason, because of that contradiction, so far we have no, uh, not come across it, JKSM said. So, basically, these are, <laughs> these are the punishments... Uh, that you could be faced with if you even attempted to become a murtad, like legally become a murtad and leave the 
the uh, religion. And by the way, there is no such thing as an atheist in Malaysia. Like, people have no clue or no concept of not even believing in a god. They have no concept of atheists. And they think that atheists uh, atheists are like this cult movement that are trying to, to uh, what's the word, like influence and like draw other people into their club and like you know be blasphemous and all of these things is ridiculous it's unheard of right like guess what i have to live with this fact guys because legally as a malaysian as a malay malaysian i am a muslim even though technically i'm not like principally i am not i do not believe in islam i don't believe this religion and it sucks and I hate it. And the only way that I can think of getting rid of that identity that I'm forced to have is to literally change my citizenship to another country. But even that is a process that's really tedious and frightening and overwhelming. And it's really difficult for Malaysians to change to, change to another uh, citizenship, actually. Um, it, it sucks. And... To conclude, uh, freedom of religion is part of the Malaysian constitution, but only for non-Malay Malaysians. <laughs> and Malay Malaysians do make up the majority of the country, so it's a contradiction, isn't it? Um, I have no rights to change my religion without, in the worst case scenario, potentially being sentenced to death. So instead, I have to live with it, and it sucks. And for those of you who are from a country that practice the proper freedom of religion, you are lucky, and I really hope that you feel grateful for the rights that you were born with, because I don't think that I'll live long enough to see the day where my country is open-minded enough to change these things. Like, where I mean, to be fair, we are a young country, but this sort of things is just it's just basic human rights man like why why do you need to police someone's belief in something it's just it's ridiculous you know and even technically speaking if you, if you study islam islam is supposed to be a peaceful religion and they actually state um to be tolerant of other uh other people's beliefs but it's the complete opposite in this country it's crazy um anyway if i train my mind to not overthink about these legalities then i'm fine you know like honestly if i don't think about it it's completely okay but you know when you come across an article like this like this hindu wedding one you realize how backwards your country is and it's just just sucks you know and yeah, <laughs> I <laughs> I hope that you learned a little bit more about Malaysia and, again, its current status. Um, I'm sorry if I bummed you out. I didn't mean to. I just really want you to, to know uh, about my country and certain challenges that I may face as a Malay Malaysian. Um, Islam and race are actually topics that I really want to cover and expand on because it is interesting to talk about it and people always have different opinions about it. Um, so look forward to those episodes soon, yeah? 
Uh, for this topic itself, uh, I'd like to link you to a very informative article in the description uh, called The Fundamental Human Rights and Religious Apostasy. It was written by Michael Kirby, who's a Justice of High Court in Australia, and it's an elaboration of this topic. It's quite detailed, so if you have time, you can read through it. Uh, there's like another. There's like another interesting case called the Lena Joy case where a Muslim woman actually converted into Christianity and it was like a it was a big drama man so read read about that um yeah so anyway thanks for making it this far in the podcast uh, and listening to me ramble on about this struggle that I face all the time it's a mental struggle honestly <laughs> um you can follow me on twitter 